What's up, everybody, and welcome to the second Van Patten Podcast. My name is Rich, and I am severely under the weather today, but I'll still be hosting. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about some of the changes in Oregon for 2019, um, kind of in their big game category. I think some pretty exciting news. Uh, but first, we'd like to give a second to the people who make this podcast possible. First, this podcast is brought to you by the Van Patten Store. Head over to the Van Patten Store for hats, t-shirts, sweaters, stickers, all the sweet Van Patten gear a girl a guy could ever want. We're also starting up a deal we're calling the Shirt of the Month. For the remaining of 2019, at the top of every month, we're going to come out with a brand new design um, and give one of those t-shirts away uh, on our Instagram. So our website is vanpattenoutdoors.com, and we are on Instagram at vanpattenoutdoors. We are also brought to you by Hyderdale. Since 2007, the Springer Brothers, Scott and Todd, have redefined what quality decoration is. From custom rifles to corporate jet interiors, uh, Hyderdale, in my opinion, is the next level. Um, they're bo- the boys over there got some got some new coyote fur film um, they've been dipping some cups and some rifles in it and I gotta say I, I, I need a little bit in my life so go over check them out um, on their website howtodip.com um, and give them a like on Instagram and Facebook as well we are also brought to you by and teaming up with uh, some of our boys over at Rutstruck and these guys are hardcore Eastern Oregon elk hunters, uh, mostly doing it with some bows. Uh, go over, check their YouTube out. They've got a new Finding Gold series. Um, gets me just super jacked to go out and, and uh, search for some bone this time of year. So please go over, um, check them out on YouTube and Instagram at Rutstruck. Um, But finally, let's get into this. What we are talking about today is some exciting news that has happened in Oregon in 2019. Now, first, I have to say, I think it's imperative that we continue to update our laws with the technology that continues to grow. Now, I'll be the first to say that Oregon is a little outdated, and I would argue some of their laws are only in place for what I would call maybe historical traditionalist more than any moral or ethical reason but with that being said i still do very much appreciate uh the steps that oregon is making to air quotes try and be in this century now last year we finally were able to get lighted knocks for IRLs, and i think that proves that there are some technologies out there that will really only give us an ethical advantage Lighted knocks being one of those. Now say what you want about them, but anything that aids in the tracking and recovery of an animal, in my book, is two thumbs way up. I have yet to understand why something like the Garmin Zero or the SIG BDX is still illegal. Outlawing something because somebody might think they can shoot farther uh, than they're capable than they're capable of is fundamentally flawed. Should we outlaw cars because of the potential danger? No, you can still buy some absolute race cars right off of the lot. 
I guess my point is anything that aids in the fair chase should be good to go, right? What do you guys think? Write into our website or Instagram page. We're going to make this the uh, question of the week for the next podcast. But And the question is, anything that is fair chase should be good to go, right? Sig BDX, Garmin Zero, um, that only aids in our abilities. And I just don't see how it's an unfair advantage. Regardlessly, in 2019, we're moving forward. And one of those steps um, to highlight, I think, is now we're able to use mechanical broadheads. That's right, boys. We can finally use expandables. Now, coming from Oregon, I really don't have any experience with expandables. Um, One of the questions of the month for you guys is, what is your experience with them? Do you like them? Do you love them? Um, this summer, we're going to be doing a bunch of testing on them, uh, and see how they fare in comparison to the fixed blades that we're so common with. Um, so right in, give us some good brand choices of what you guys have always used. Um, but I think it's awesome. We're finally able to use them. Uh, I mean, almost every state in America, it's legal. I'm glad Oregonians can finally be on that list. I mean, to my knowledge, I think Idaho is one of the few only holdout states you still can't use mechanical broadheads in. Now, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to use them for chasing elk, but maybe on a mule deer uh, hunt, you know, I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. Um, We had a bunch of write-ins for our questions of the month, and... Um, for our community um, about this expandables and it seems like a lot of you guys kind of on the eastern side of the world had used them and there were so many mixed experiences Um, we had a lot of guys say they loved them uh, because of how they flew and assume and the blood trail Um, I had some guys write in and say that they they used them and when they worked, they were awesome, but the potential for them not working was enough for them to switch. A lot of those guys on the east side of the U.S., I don't know if they're chasing the size of animal that an elk is. And so I'm my biggest concern and one of the things that we'll be testing this summer is can it go through a front shoulder? Now, of course, we're not aiming for a front shoulder. It's not what we want to do, but at the end of the day, when you're a few miles back in the sticks, anything is possible. And unfortunately, I've been around some some shots that are a little forward. Um, and that's, you know, why I, kinetic energy and, and having, you know, pretty, pretty good, not extreme, but pretty good FOC is something that we've always thought is important. Um, I question what expandables will do to an elk's front shoulder. Now, we're going to grab some pork shoulder this summer and just grab some like uh, swackers or and some uh, rage hypodermics and some of the popular ones and see how they'll do I don't think they'll ever compete with you know let's say a bone broadhead or or really even a slick trick um, but I, I appreciate all of your guys's uh, feedback for the question of the month um, I'm actually going to just grab all of these stories and kind of consolidate 
and then make it a standalone the question of the month episode. Um, so I don't want to get too deep into that. Steal the thunder from our from our uh, question of the month episode. But one of the uh, questions of the week that we had up on our Instagram page that is um, at Van Patten Outdoors on Instagram was, um, how do you guys feel about the changes Oregon has made um, in 2019? And most of the responses were good. Um, I think most thought we made a step in the right direction. And to that, I agree with. I think one of the biggest changes and maybe the most controversial was the electronic tagging system. Um, and from our questions of the week, I think this is like the, the sorest of all subjects that Oregon has changed. Um, and I think it can be kind of on both sides of the fence. I think I, I'm, I'm kind of riding the fence right now of how I feel about these changes. Now, of course, um, updating technologies is awesome to kind of unpack what, this electronic tagging system is um, basically instead of the I'll say the down and dirty of it the real down and dirty of it instead of having your paper tags that most guys get and are very common with that you punch out um, has your you know name hunter number address and obviously you know the tag uh, instead of having that now you have electronic version to where you can just electronically punch that tag via an app on your phone um, and then write with flagging tape is basically what ODF and W's told me with a piece of tape or like flagging tape, write down your name and your uh, organ ID number uh, once you've successfully harvested that animal. I think what makes it so controversial is guys believe that it is going to potentially motivate people to poach because if you don't have that physical tag on there anymore, um, and I can see that. But we'll, we'll we'll see. In the same hand, Oregon, I'll say, I don't want to say made it easier to poach, but in some ways, this, this electronic tagging system did. They've also um, incentivized turning in poachers. So now if you turn in a poacher, you get a preference point, which is awesome. I hope there's not going to be any gaming of the system where guys are just turning in random folks so they can get some preference points, maybe get that win a hot tag. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think electronic tagging system is a good thing. There's always going to be some problems with it. There's going to be some hiccups, but, you know, that's just like what we've talked about earlier. It's like there's go always going to be advancements in technology. We got to embrace that into the hunting co community and culture. And uh, we're pretty behind the times. So uh, having an app on your phone and tagging, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. One, one thing though, that I am still very confused about is, uh, he, steelhead harvest cards. Uh, I oftentimes don't bring my phone steelheading, um, cause I don't want to get this $900 phone wet. Now that I say that, I guess you could just bring it into the pickup. Uh, you know, and I think it's one of the things. I, I think we could make roadblocks for ourselves in the hunting community about this new electronic tagging system, but uh, we're pretty adaptable people. I think uh, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. Now, that's being said from a 26-year-old. I understand if you're 55, 65, 75, 
and can barely run your iPhone, how this could be a problem. There is still paper tag versions. Um, they haven't completely moved solely to the electronic tagging systems just yet. So you're in luck. Uh, you don't have to get into the 21st century. You can still do the paper uh, version. I, I went ahead and, and did the electronic. I'm interested to see. Um, I'm going to give ODFW my feedback fully this year without a shadow of a doubt. Um, we noticed that the spring bear results were a few days delayed. I ponder, I don't know this for a fact, but I ponder if that has anything to do with um, maybe this new electronic tagging system. I know that the one person out of the five of my, my little group um, that got their tag, when the results were made, or, or posted, I should say, um, they initially the app said that they hadn't even applied for a bear tag they refreshed it about 700 times as we all would thinking bear results are out and now they don't say i have i don't i didn't apply uh so we refreshed it about 700 times finally it came back and he drew a set um mind you it was a couple days late not that big of a deal but like i say i wonder if it has anything to do with this electronic tagging system I think an honorable mention to one of the changes Oregon made is they've lowered the draw weight from what used to be 40 pounds, or excuse me, what used to be 50 pounds down to 40 pounds this year. Don't think that's a huge deal, but uh, nice for the level of entry, you know, just kind of lowers the barriers of entry into archery. Um, that's about it for this week. We are going to save one of our questions of the week, which was what are your spring bear tactics for next week's episode, which we're going to sit down with the Rutstruck boys, um, talk about what they've got going on, some of their spring bear tactics, some of their 2019 plans, and just generally have a good conversation uh, with those boys. So thank you all for listening. Write in and be a part of our community at vanpattenoutdoors.com or on Instagram at vanpattenoutdoors. Again, my name is Rich. Thank you all for listening. Tight lines and happy trails.